0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I skipped last week's upload. It was just crazy around here. So my daughter, she pushed herself out of her high chair. You know, when she's done eating, she pushes herself off the table. And when she did that, the floor, there's two pieces where the floorboards connect. The leg of the chair was stuck in between this little tiny crack. And we didn't know it. And she goes to push herself off the table and the chair, instead of sliding, falls completely backwards, and she's strapped in the chair, and bang. Back of the head, skull on the floor. Vomiting ensues, dizziness, confusion, definitely a concussion. Of course, we get to the ER as quick as we can. Unfortunately, have to get the radiation, the CT scan, to ensure that there's no brain damage and a brain bleed, which would potentially require surgery, which would have been terrible. Uh, thank the Lord. And there was no... Uh, brain bleed that we saw just a a huge watermelon on the back of her head basically so now she's back home with us and we're doing all the care consulting with all of my friends and saying hey what would you do and honestly nobody has surprised me with any other recommendations I was already doing everything uh, which that is not to make myself sound like I'm a smart cookie but I've done enough research to figure out how would you support someone with brain injury or potential brain injury concussions uh, and the answer is, uh, cannabis oil, CBD oil specifically, and high dose fish oil. Um, of course, making sure that there's no brain bleed. Cause if there is a fish oil could thin the blood and make the brain bleed worse. So there is a caveat to the fish oil. Uh, and then also we're doing some other anti-inflammatories and my wife is still breastfeeding. So we're doing some nutrients through the breast milk to deliver things that are going to be neuroprotective in nature. So anyway, that's, that was my week. What a crazy week, uh, So to the clients listening, that's why I had to reschedule like 30 of you guys, and most of you have been emailed and already put back on the calendar. So apologies for the delay in getting to your alls health symptoms. But, man, life got crazy there for a second. So uh, just take every day for granted. and uh, No, what did I just say? I said take every day for granted. No, don't. Please don't take every day for granted. I mean, just enjoy every single day you have on this planet. And if you see a potential issue like that, like, hey, this little – a piece of the floor the leg of the chair got stuck in it Maybe we need to move the table or move the chair or get another high chair that cannot flip over as easily or put a counterweight or something You know what? I mean try to mitigate things because as I always tell you I don't want you to wait until there's an issue and then you have to go and respond to it like we did You know if we could have prevented that it would have been great But unfortunately that was just a, a crazy freak accident and nobody could have done anything about it. So anyhow Everything's okay now. Like I said, she's back home, she's recovering. Interesting though, to kind of look at the research. There's not much research in the field. If you start looking into the pediatric journals about concussions and what they call post-concussion syndrome, there's obviously very, very minimal research about remedies outside of using something like acetaminophen, which is a commonly prescribed medication to give to toddlers when they hit their head, which is Tylenol, but you may not know, or maybe you do, because you're smart, That acetaminophen can reduce glutathione, which is the master detox hormone produced in the liver, by over 30% just based on one dose. And then you've got ibuprofen, which due to bleeding of the brain and intestinal bleeding kills over 19,000 people per year. So these are not benign substances, these non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And in fact, I just posted something to my Facebook page. You ought to go check it out. Go look up Evan Brain on Facebook if you're not on there. I know you're like, oh, God, Evan, another social media site. I don't want to be on it. Well, you're probably on Facebook. So if you haven't liked my page, go check it out. And I posted this long story about my grandfather and how his doc, you know, threw some baby aspirin at him just because. Uh, Long story short, go check out the post on Facebook. Anyhow, uh, these medications are not benign, and this is where it takes some diligent research and clinical experience to know, okay, what are the safe things we can do in a situation like this to have neuroprotective benefit, reduce inflammation, and help with the side effects so that she can heal faster. And those are the ingredients I mentioned, which we settled on. And I'm very, very happy with the results so far. Uh, I won't talk more much more about it unless you guys send me a bunch of emails and you want like a follow-up podcast on it or something, I can. But of course, I called my buddy, Dr. J, and he kind of gave me some advice too, and you know, just gave me the, the brotherly love through through the whole thing. So, Dr. J., thanks, man. Really appreciate you. And let's get into the show. This is a fun one, and this is a partial episode. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tease you here, and you may be like, come on, give me the full episode. But listen, I can't because it's part of my Candida Summit that's launching in July. It's going to be probably one of the biggest summits of the year. I've got 30 experts, Dr. Diedrich Klinghart. I've got... Jay Davidson is part of it. I've got Alan Christensen as part of it. Justin Marcagiani is on there. Uh, so many other people uh, I don't want to mention right now, but it's going to be awesome. And this is a partial interview with my friend, Dr. Jack Wolfson, who is a board-certified cardiologist. He calls himself the paleocardiologist. If I have like an extreme case with some cardiac issues, I usually will kind of pass it over to Dr. Jack's desk and say, hey, what do you think? Is there anything else I could or should be doing with this client? So really good to have a toolbox of other practitioners. If you find somebody that's the all-knowing guru, I'd be suspicious, by the way. Uh, That's not me. So Jack's a great guy. And we talked about leaky gut. And well, you're going to hear it for yourself. But basically, issues with the gut can affect the heart. And you know he's kind of coming up with this term that's also in the literature called leaky heart. And gut infections, so parasites and bacteria and things like that, as you know, they create intestinal permeability, and that intestinal permeability then allows toxins to enter the bloodstream, which can create systemic inflammation, therefore increasing arterial plaques, increasing your cardiovascular disease risk, and so blood pressure can go up, and you can have heart palpitations, which was a symptom I had when I had gut infections, and you can have Uh, what you feel like is skipped beats and arrhythmias and atrial fibrillation and these other cardiac issues that conventional cardiology is just going to put you on beta blockers and other drugs, which obviously does not address the root cause. The root cause is this quote unquote leaky heart, which is caused from leaky gut, which is caused from the infections. So this is why I focus so much on the gut. And, And it's not because I knew about this whole leaky heart phenomenon, but it's just that I find the most profound results when I'm working on the major body systems, the adrenals, the gut, the detox pathways and systems. And it just so happens to be, hey, look, that when you fix the gut, you do fix some of these heart issues. And, you know, uh, atrial fibrillation is some scary stuff because you can get put on these uh, potential, I wouldn't call them murder drugs, but that's what uh, Dr. Mercola calls like beta blockers. He calls them mass murder. You know because of the potential side effects of stroke and other things that you're trying to prevent you can actually cause that from these cardiac drugs so that's enough blabbing for me but if you haven't got your gut checked out you need to and this conversation may motivate you to do that so if you want to reach out schedule a call with me you can my site is evanbrand.com and we can get you tested if you just want to get tested and then go work with somebody else that's fine you can also use my clinic to help get and facilitate lab testing that you do at your house and you send it back to the lab and then we email you the results but all the infos at my site evanbrand.com enjoy the show dr jack wolfson is a board certified cardiologist who grew tired of patients failing to get truly well while sometimes feeling worse using pharmaceuticals and procedures as a result he opened wolfson integrative cardiology where he now uses in-depth testing and targeted nutrition to prevent cardiovascular disease he treats the whole person getting to the cause of the issue instead of treating only the symptoms you don't hear that much in the field of cardiology folks so uh, you got to listen up dr wolfson offers practical solutions for heart health in person at his office in paradise valley arizona and he's the author of the amazon bestseller the paleo cardiologist one of the few books behind me on my bookshelf i've gotten rid of like almost all of them but trust me this book is staying so dr jack wolfson thanks for joining me
1: Evan, it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. And uh, just uh, you know, I love uh, following you and love the stuff that you're doing and the health information you're putting out there. It's uh, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to have friends that uh, that get it. And I know you're a young dad, and I'm a young dad for I'm an older dad for the uh, for the third time. Uh, as we just had our our third child and uh, it's yeah once again it's a pleasure to talk with you
0: yeah congrats on that that's such a such a fun thing I didn't realize being a parent would change your life so much until I became one 20 months ago now and I tell you I thought I had a reason to live then but like my passion to live now I get goosebumps just saying it it's like if if you if you don't have a kid and you're listening it's like I'm not saying hey go have a kid just randomly but man if you do it's the best thing ever
1: Yeah, you definitely want to plan it out, uh, you know, as well. And I think that's one of those things, you know, for people to talk about. You know, it's kind of like you know, before you got married, you discussed, uh, you know, politics, you discussed religion, but you really need to discuss how you're going to raise a child. It's very, very, very important. Probably more so, of course, than those than those other two aforementioned topics.
0: Agreed. So let's talk about the heart. This is an amazing organ in the body many people are very confused by the heart many people are very afraid of their heart they're afraid of what's happening I have chest pain or I have palpitations am I dying am I have a heart attack is it a stroke what's going on with me and the thing I really love about you and your content is that you empower people and it's like okay look once you know the facts once you know what you're up against once you get the proper testing and diagnostic tools available you don't have to be afraid and and you can take action. So maybe just give us maybe like the heart 101 because eventually we're going to chat about candida and of course how everything going on with the gut affects the heart. But can you give us heart 101? Like what are the common things that that are happening in modern society uh, to the heart because of our bad diet and lifestyles?
1: Well, you know, once again, I'm a board-certified cardiologist, conventionally trained, and I was with the largest group in Arizona. I was a senior partner there. 10 years of angiograms, pacemakers, the sickest of the sick, working in the hospitals. And along the way, I met the woman who would become my wife. She is the doctor of chiropractic, or as she says, a doctor of cause. And she opened up my eyes to become the same, a doctor of cause. So we have hypertension, diabetes, congestive heart failure, atrial fibrillation, you name it, not because we're deficient in pharmaceuticals, but we have certain causes. And those causes, of course, are poor nutrition, environmental pollutants and toxins, and poor sleep, and lack of sunshine, and all these other things that a a holistic health practitioner discusses. And for me, that was an epiphany, life-changing moment to learn all those things. And it's been a whirlwind for me. So now what we do is that, of course, we go after the cause. So we talk about nutrition, talk about lifestyle, do the most in-depth advanced testing in the world get people on evidence-based supplements and we see tremendous tremendous results and it's so much more gratifying for me to practice on this side versus the other side and it's so unfortunate for those mainstream cardiologists who don't get it who haven't learned what I've learned and they're really stuck in the you know that pill and procedure model and it's the patients that suffer
0: well i recall back when you and i first chatted a few years ago it, you took a pay cut to leave conventional cardiology practice to go and start up this functional cardiology practice. Is that right?
1: Well, you know what happens, obviously, is that when you're in the insurance model, you get paid that guaranteed insurance money. You get paid from commercial insurance. You get paid from Medicare, Medicaid. Steady revenue stream, so what doctor is going to give up that revenue stream, so therefore doctors don't want to learn the truth because it'll rock the foundation of their of their medical paradigm it'll get them off of uh you know you know all of a sudden they'll wake up one day like I did and like okay, I'm leaving that practice and starting my own cash based practice. Uh, doctors aren't going to give up that revenue stream. So yeah, I mean, my pay cut was basically taking, you know, a million dollars a year as a conventional cardiologist and the pay cut was now I make zero. So, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, that, that steady ramping up phase of how that all went. And I don't regret any of it, and the universe respond, you know, uh, will will support the people that do the right thing. I firmly believe that, and it's been it's been tremendous ever since. And now I got people from all over the world that fly in to see me, and certainly people all over the United States. And it's really, really, really been exciting. And like uh, like anything, you know, you kind of wish you did it a few years earlier right. uh, in retrospect. But I, I jumped when the timing was right. And there are cardiologists that are doing what I'm doing, and as you know, Evan. But there's just not many. Of us uh, at all i've been i've been in my own solo practice now for five and a half years the number of cardiologists that have contacted me in five and a half years to learn more of what i'm doing three 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 Jeez. people uh did and um and none of them followed up and went on their own holistic uh model so it's it's sad
0: that's a trip well i want to get into the gut We've spoken so much about the gut. I mean, that's a huge piece of emphasis for me in my practice. Many people probably heard my history already of having H. pylori and bacterial infections and candida overgrowth and parasites. I mean, I had it all. And, you know, I had these heart symptoms. I had heart palpitations. I had anxiety. I had sleep trouble, mainly from the gut issues. So I want to talk about this interesting concept that we had kind of chatted about pre-show, which is this whole leaky gut leaky heart thing we hear about leaky gut and then we hear about leaky brain but leaky heart i don't hear anybody talking about that so get us up to speed on, on what this means
1: you got it and you know when i when i first um when i first got together with my future wife so back in 2005 she, um, Dr. Heather starts talking about leaky gut. And I'm like, leaky gut? Where'd you come up with this bogus diagnosis, leaky gut? I went through four years of medical school, three years of internal medicine residency, three years of cardiology fellowship. And then I'm on the job for a few years in Arizona. I've never heard of leaky gut. I'm like, where'd you come up with this? And she's like, well, the fact you haven't heard of it, that's your problem. Why don't you go learn about it? Go read about it. And I went to the medical literature and there wasn't much in there. And I met with natural holistic doctors and in conversations, the topic comes up and yeah, they're like totally on board with the whole concept of leaky gut. Well, as you know, over the last 10 years, the medical literature exploded on the term leaky gut or intestinal permeability, intestinal hyperpermeability. We learned a lot from patients with celiac disease, but now once again, there are just hundreds of articles that are coming out about the concept of leaky gut. And over the last few years, we have the ability to test for it. And for me as a cardiologist, it's been so exciting because the cardiologists are still, the vast majority are stuck in the cholesterol model, and obviously that's wrong. A lot of cardiologists do understand that heart disease is linked with inflammation and they recognized inflammation as a major factor regarding cardiovascular health but they haven't taken that step back once again to figure out well where is the inflammation coming from and a lot of it is stemming from that leaky gut and intestinal issues and you know all this stuff already audience and i think also is that while there is a lot of talk about leaky gut. And then, of course, you have leaky teeth. Uh, and the uh, so it's not all about the gut. But I think between the teeth and the gut and maybe maybe leaky lungs, if you will, where toxins are coming in through the respiratory tract, getting into the body and setting up an inflammatory response there as well, and then maybe leaky skin. But these these poisons are entering through the body. And that's when you have immune system activation. That is, of course, going to cause inflammation, cause oxidative stress. And then the end result is cardiovascular disease, brain disease, autoimmune diseases, you name it.
0: That's what I wanted to get into is the autoimmune disease part. How much of what you're seeing would you suspect is autoimmune?
1: Yeah, I from a cardiovascular standpoint, I think it's essentially all autoimmune. And I say this from the stage, and I say it anywhere possible that cardiovascular disease is autoimmune, uh, and and we know this, and it's just a matter of kind of you know, once again why it's happening. You know, we know that there's autoimmune thyroid, we know that there's autoimmune for multiple sclerosis, and all these other uh, syndromes that that it's autoimmune. When you do a biopsy or you look at the pathology of coronary artery disease and coronary plaque, it's all immune cells that are in there. And the cardiologists know this. It's monocytes, it's macrophages, it's neutrophils, it's B cells and T cells. They're all there. But once again, nobody steps back to say, why? Why is it there? Uh, And that's where that leaky heart comes in. And leaky heart, quite simply, is that leaky vasculature, the uh, endothelial dysfunction. And when the endothelium, the lining of the blood vessels is not working, well, it allows these inflammatory cells to come in to the sub layers, the coronary intima, the coronary media, adventitia, so on and so forth. So this is a long-winded way of saying that it's all autoimmune, but then you've got to once again reverse engineer it and say, why is my immune system attacking the coronary arteries? And the topic here we're talking about right now is leaky gut, and it is the leaky gut leading to leaky heart and then eventually the end result is disease. And none of this has anything to do with cholesterol, right? Except for the fact that cholesterol is part of the repair mechanism and part of the spackle and the repair crew in the whole process. And 95% of people, cardiologists still think it's a cholesterol problem.
0: Wow. Well said. So the, the heart patching up and some, I don't know if you would call like the calcification or these arteries filling up. Is that ever a good thing?
1: Is it ever a good thing? Well, I think that there's probably, you know, once again, the body is responding to injury. And when the body is responding, the body's just, you know, b- body is always trying to heal itself, right? So if you cut yourself uh, shaving or, you know, uh, uh, you know, gathering, uh, you know, firewood, your body, you know, your response is to the body's response is to always heal. So the body's not making mistakes. It's just responding to its environment. So I guess in some way that it's okay to have coronary artery disease and coronary artery calcification. From a heart standpoint, you just don't want that to break loose. You don't want that to become unstable. Yet, I guess also uh, there there probably is a way that if you if you lead the perfect lifestyle that you're not going to have much coronary artery disease, uh, and and I think that would be the ultimate goal. But if you are going to have coronary disease, you want it to be uh, stable and slow progression, and not that sudden plaque. That leads to uh, you know, cardiac mortality and uh, people dying or people having strokes.
0: Okay. I, I just wonder because you, you talk about like cholesterol being the duct tape of the body and I'm like, okay, well, what would cause the issue for that duct tape to be used anyway? What's causing the damage where the cholesterol has to come in and repair it? Is that just the inflammation piece? Is that the sugar or is, is there just naturally damage that occurs where cholesterol has got to come in and duct tape everything?
1: Okay. So the question is, how does the cholesterol get into plaque? Well, cholesterol doesn't travel around the body by itself, right? It travels inside of that cholesterol laden bus. And that cholesterol laden bus is what we commonly know as LDL, low density lipoprotein. And that is the bus that shuttles cholesterol and other passengers around the body. And, uh, For some reason, uh, pharmaceutical companies really have labeled the LDL as the bad and the HDL as the good. Yet why do all species make LDL particles and why do they make HDL particles? They have a purpose and the purpose of the LDL particle is to deliver its passengers around the body. So who's on that LDL bus? You've got the cholesterol, you've got triglycerides, which are fuel for our cell's in our ATP, uh, and you have fat-soluble vitamins, ADEK, CoQ10, it's all on that LDL bus. And LDL is a major part of the immune system, as is HDL, and the cardiologists don't know this. So when the immune system is activated, when there is damage going on inside of that blood vessel because of a leaky endothelium, the repair crew comes in, and who's part of that repair crew, including monocytes and macrophages? It's the LDL particle. It's there for a reason, it's not there for a mistake. LDLs are there, they become damaged, they become oxidized, they become dysfunctional, and then when those cells are taken up for when the, the LDL particles. Are there for repair and they're taken up by the immune system and then the macrophage or the foam cell dies that's where you have dead tissue that is full of calcium and it leads to calcification of the vessel that's all from dead necrotic immune cells and then when the situation is bad enough and becomes unstable enough that's when the plaque ruptures and the person has a heart attack and and about uh, one third of the time, they die.
0: Wow! Yeah, that was the the next question: is what takes a a normal response? This cholesterol patching things up. What's the difference, or what separates normal patchwork of potholes versus something that's going to be forming plaque that's going to stay? Is there like a determining factor that causes plaque to stay and then it keeps building up?
1: I don't think that we know really for sure as far as what causes, you know, stable progression of coronary artery disease versus plaque rupture. And once again, it's, I'm sure it's obviously multifactorial. It has to do with stress and sleep and sunshine and a healthy endothelium and, and, you know, making sure you have the nutrients in there to keep that plaque stable. I think, you know, for example, vitamin K, specifically K2 is a plaque stabilizer. So I think that, um, uh, there, there's still certainly a lot that we do not know about what makes a plaque stable and what makes it unstable, uh, but uh, I, I think in gen- when we look at autopsies or even if we look at the remains of Egyptians from 5,000 years ago, coronary plaque has been around for a long period of time, uh, and I think it, it may be in some ways part of a normal aging process, but that should situation as opposed to a plaque rupture situation. And I quite quite, quite you know frankly, Evan, I think that all the stuff that a guy like, you know, you and myself, you know, you know, the way we practice is that when you do all the advanced testing and you put people on the right lifestyle and the right supplements regimen, that we can do a lot for plaque stabilization. And that may be where statin drugs have a lot of their benefit it's not in lipid reduction it's in what's called pleiotrophic effects of that statin where there's a lot of things that the drug does by inhibiting certain enzymes accelerating certain enzymes and the drug does lead to some amount of plaque stabilization but obviously my preference would be to to do it naturally and i think we're very successful in that
0: that's awesome okay we'll get into that soon Last question about heart heart attacks things like that. How come you'll hear like one third or one half or some crazy number of people that have heart attacks they have no calcification or there's no plaque at all? What's going on there? And maybe correct me on the statistic if that's if that's something wrong I've misstated.
1: Well, a lot of things can happen to somebody with uh, you know basically anything that can close down the vessel can lead to heart damage when it's closed down for an extended period of time. So some people may have coronary artery spasm, and they uh, this is more common in that middle-aged woman, if you will, like the 40 to 60-year-old woman who has a sudden stressful event, develops a coronary artery spasm, Uh, This condition is called Takasubo syndrome or broken heart syndrome or stress-induced cardiomyopathy where the woman has a massive heart attack, yet the doctor gets in there with a heart catheter and takes a look around. There's no plaque, no calcification. So I think that's one scenario. The other scenario may be where somebody develops a blood clot or uh, an acute thrombosis in a vessel that doesn't have pre-existent coronary artery disease Uh, And that can be from a thrombus or an embolic event, and that can be a sign of a clotting disorder. But I think that the vast majority is really going to be from the model of acute plaque rupture from someone who has coronary artery disease, plaque uh, that's calcification that's there. So I think that. you know, back in the old days, we would do an angiogram, and really the pipes would look pretty clean. Yet, if you do autopsy studies, or you look under a microscope, or you look with intravascular ultrasound, where you can directly visualize the vessel, that these people actually the pipes are totally rotted out. Uh, it's just when you when you take a different viewpoint, you can you can really see much more disease than what cardiologists were looking at previously from just the plain conventional angiogram.
0: Regarding testing, let's get into that. Let's talk about testing. What are some of the foundational or the functional cardiology tests that your conventional doctor is not running on you but should be?
1: Well, quite simply, when I started my practice, it was all about doing the advanced particles. It was instead of looking at what I call 1970s tests, which was total cholesterol, total LDL, total HDL, and triglycerides— we go a lot more in depth. So we look at LDL particle numbers and sizes, and we do the same thing with HDLs, and we look at ratios, ApoB, ApoA ratio, and we look at all the advanced markers of inflammation. So HSCRP, phospholipase A2, myeloperoxidase, you know, lipid peroxides, oxLDL, all those different markers. And then, of course, advanced uh, blood sugar and advanced thyroid and things like vitamin D and omega so uh, homocysteine, of course, is very important as well. And then the ability to use testing to look at intracellular uh, vitamins and minerals and uh, need for more probiotics or need for digestive enzymes and, sort of course, looking at heavy metals. Uh, these things are all important, and I do all that in my clinic here as well. And then the ability over the last couple of years for these companies that have really come on strong with the autoimmune panels – And that would be the leaky gut and testing for a leaky brain and uh, essentially these immune panels where you can see where the body is attacking these tissues. And of course, that applies to thyroid as well. That can apply to adrenals. Heck, there's even uh, an antibody called anti-GAD, anti-GAD, and that is a marker for autoimmune attack of the pancreas. So these people that have obviously type one diabetes, they've got autoimmune attack of the pancreas through anti But even the type twos where it's not even, uh, you know, yes, they have insulin resistance, but they have diminished insulin production for a variety of reasons, one of which is autoimmune anti-GAD, and then you put them on the protocol and you reverse all that, and it's very rewarding as well. So food sensitivity panels I think are helpful, and I know you've experienced this as well, Evan, where you look at a food panel and you see that the person is sensitive or has immune stimulation to broccoli, and you're like, why the heck would someone be sensitive to broccoli? Well, if you look at that, it's because they have leaky gut. So if you have undigested broccoli proteins entering through the body, well, the body will attack it. But the problem is not the broccoli. The problem is the leaky gut. And you put them on the leaky gut repair program, and to me, they can go right on through enjoying their broccoli. Yet, when you see sensitivity to dairy, you see sensitivity to gluten and wheat and the other components of wheat, I think that's a real fundamental issue. And quite simply, it's not paleo food you're going to find that a lot of people are sensitive to those proteins agreed
0: yeah it's like duh of course you're of course you're going to show up reactive to gluten now let me ask you about the logistics of the particle size testing so many people talk about particle size you want the big fluffy particles they say the small dense particles are bad and that's what creates the problem how does that change the protocol like, is it just to check in mm. and see, okay, this is your particle size, we know that paleolithic principles, diet, lifestyle, et cetera, supplements are going to fix and, and change the ratio of particle size? Like, is it just used for a compliance tool or if you see something and you see smaller, more dense particles, you know, okay, I'm gonna throw in this supplement that I wasn't gonna throw in before if someone would have checked out just fine with fluffy particles. Okay, that's like the million-dollar question, and I know you're like, oh, Evan, how dare you? But listen, I promise, I want you to get the full package. I really want you to get the full shebang because, you know, his talk is going to bounce off some of the other talks that are inside of the summit, and I'm going to try to share uh, several other interviews, snippets, and pieces from that because I think it is critical for all of you guys. But at the end of the day, I'm wanting you to register for the event It's going to be at CandidaSummit.com. Now, it's early. I mean, it's in May right now, so the event's starting at the beginning of July, but you can still go register. If you go CandidaSummit.com, that way you don't forget CandidaSummit.com. You can register for it now. It's going to be free, and then eventually you have the option to support me and my mission and purchase the talks for like 50 bucks at the beginning, and then the price goes up. It's just insanely cheap because Dr. Wolfson's hourly rate is like crazy expensive, and you're getting, you know— Functional cardiology talk for 50 bucks plus all the other thousands of bucks worth of hours of practitioners that you're going to get access to during this event. So I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I do love you and I hope you will join me. I'm going to let you go, but I will talk with you next week because this is just a never ending train. I I can't rest. I can't. It's like I I want to rest and I have rest and I take the weekends off, but like, man, we're up against a lot and i just my inbox every day is getting filled with people that have been through the ringer and i'm just like holy smokes we got to get this information out we got to spread this we got to spread this we got to keep up the good work now at the end of the day it's pretty simple it's dial in your diet dial in your lifestyle and then once you've maximized all the stuff you can do with the paleo principles so to speak diet lifestyle sunlight movement water grounding stress management good relationships good sex life you know massage uh, whatever the self care strategies you use, float tanks, et cetera. Okay, maximize all that, great, but then you've got to get the, the diagnostic tools, you've got to get the functional blood chemistry. You've got to get the functional stool analysis, the organic acids, the adrenal panels, because that's where you really fill in the blanks. And of course, there's other testing out there, but you know those are the big puzzle pieces that you really need to be prioritizing. You really got to be focused on. So if you're working with a practitioner, good for you. Make sure they're running that stuff. Make sure they're creating protocols based on that data and getting you better. If you need help with me, then, then reach out to me. So evanbrand.com. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Take good care of yourself. Bye-bye. Come ride with me, we are free here forever. Cause I'm so in love with the ocean, I feel the music of its fire. Cause it's real, it conquers all emotion and takes my joyful heart much higher, higher and higher.